welcome book club members to this extremely special meeting of Fat Girl Book Club. This is a bonus episode of a couple of clips from my How to Stop Hating What You See in the Mirror online course. Now I'm really excited to announce this online course because it's truly, it is everything I did to help put me onto a path of body liberation. I was stuck in diet culture. I was stuck in a continual, perpetual, endless groundhog day loop of losing and gaining weight. And I I wouldn't just go on a diet for like a couple of weeks. Uh, I went on diets for years at a time. And then I would get to my goal weight and then slowly the weight would come back on as it does and I would get super upset about it. So then I would jump right back into a different diet. And this is kind of this perpetual cycle that we've all seen and done. And I got to a point where uh, I had read Health at Every Size by Dr. Lindo Bacon. Didn't really get it. Missed the entire point of that book, I think, sometimes. Uh, But it planted just a seed enough that I began to realize the futility of what I was doing to myself. And when I went to my weight loss coach and she started talking about how I wasn't putting the oxygen mask on myself first, I just had enough. I just had enough. I had literally given years of my life to dieting, to exercise, to an eating disorder, uh, to doing bodybuilding shows, to really worrying about my health in a really unhealthy way. And I knew something had to change. I knew something had to change. And for me, the way that I kind of began to find my way was through books. I mean, obviously. Uh, And I began to pick up more and more books that began to help me realize that I needed to learn how to heal my relationship to food and heal my relationship to my body. And the things that I started to do are what make up the bulk of this course. Uh, These practical tools that I still use, these things like uh, learning how to handle negative body thoughts when they come up. How do I, when they do come up, because they do still come up. It doesn't matter how long you've been on this journey. They do still come up. What do you do? How do you get yourself out of that cycle? What about that compare and judgment game that we play, you know, frequently walking into a space and comparing ourselves to the other people around us uh, and, and the discomfort that we feel with being the heaviest person in the room uh, and what we, we put on ourselves that that means. Uh, how do we get out of that? How do we begin to create boundaries with the people that we love and enforce them? So I think that there's some of these exercises, again, like I said, I keep coming back to again and again and again. And, and so this course is really near and dear to my heart. One of the things that I'm really excited to be offering this time around is some exclusive content. So I have two podcast interviews that I did that you can only hear uh, if you are a part of the course or if you are in my uh, Patreon. So if you're a part of the course, you will get both of these interviews in their entirety. Uh, And if you're a Patreon patron, then you will get these episodes in their entirety. Other than that, 
you're only going to hear the clips that I'm about to give you. And they're juicy. Oh boy, are they juicy. Uh, So first and foremost, what I would like to do before I kind of jump into giving you kind of the lowdown on what these clips are about and who they're with, I would like to thank my Patreon supporters. So thank you so much to Pascal, to Amy, and to Ace. I couldn't do this without you. If you are interested at all in potentially hearing all of these episodes, make sure that you check out the links in the show notes here. One will be a link to my Patreon page and one will be a link to more information about the How to Stop Hating which you see in the Mirror course. I will let you know that doors for this course close on Monday, November 1st, and we will be doing six Zoom calls with the entire group uh, to solidify some of the concepts in the online course. So when it closes, then we will figure out a date and a time that's going to work on a weekly basis for everybody in the course. So make sure that you get in on that. Make sure that you, if you are interested, that you check out the information, check out the course outline, which you're totally available to do so. And if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to contact me. Okay, with that, let me tell you a little bit about uh, this first clip that I have. So the first clip of an interview that you're going to hear is with Carissa Grace. And she was one of the very first people I had on my podcast. And I was super nervous to ask her when I did because she was one of the first people that I followed on social media who was in a plus size body and was kind of putting herself out there. Like all of her pictures are her dressed up in things that I never thought I could wear and colors I never thought I could wear. And she's like, looks so comfortable in her own skin. And so when I asked her to be a part of the podcast at the beginning, I was super nervous that she would say no. And she didn't. She was so gracious to say yes. And she was one of the very first episodes I ever did. And we talked about the book Shrill by Lindy West. So you can look that up on this wherever you're listening to this episode to to be able to go back way back to the beginning uh, to her episode. Uh, So when I started How to Stop Hating What You See in the Mirror and I decided to offer it again this second time that I'm offering it now, uh, I reached out to her and asked out if she would be interested in doing this interview with me to really dig into some of the ways that people in plus size bodies don't feel confident about themselves. And some of the areas that I had hoped we would cover would include fat fashion and fat dating, both of which we did cover in this episode. Uh, So unfortunately, you're not going to be able to hear the fat dating elements, but you are going to hear the fat fashion elements. So I'm excited to be able to bring that to you. Uh, So her handle for Instagram is Be Your Joy. Make sure you go check that out again. That will be in the link. And if you don't already follow her, I actually would suggest if you're not driving that you pull out your phone, go to the Instagram app and look her up right now because (laughs) she has a really, really awesome feed and it's just so great to see the representation. Some of the things we talk about in this clip include representation. So we really do kind of discuss the importance of representation Uh, she talks about how, and this is so funny because if you do go look at her feed, she is incredibly fashionable. And I tell her this, uh, and she was saying that, you know, especially at the beginning of her journey, she didn't feel she was fashionable. She didn't feel like 
like people would ask her, you know, to go shopping and she'd be like, I don't really think that's my thing. Uh, and I totally related to that. I totally related to that because when I decided to give up dieting, this was one thing that I felt like I could never do again was have fun shopping or have fun putting outfits together. And she has proven me wrong because her feed is filled with some super duper cute outfits. Uh, we talk about fat fashion. We talk about her favorite places to shop. We talk about some of the systemic issues with buying plus size clothes. Uh, she, you know, she talks about the, all the intricacies and logistics of it. And I talk about how there's different issues when you're thin and you're going shopping than it is when you are in a plus size body. And she even gives us, and this is, this is the key. This is why you need to listen to this clip. She even gives us the secret to the wearing clothes that you don't think you can wear, but you want to wear like not things that you're like, okay, I just would never wear that. I it would not be comfortable for me to wear that, but something that you think is really cute uh, and you don't think that you can pull it off, but you'd really like to, like secretly like to, she gives you that secret on how to do that. And I think that's super fun. Uh, so with that, let me uh, just kind of let this clip roll. This is my part of my discussion with Carissa Grace. I feel like we've gotten to a certain point in the world. Obviously, there's a lot more progress to do, but where a lot of women are realizing that they've been pitted against each other for so long and that and they're just kind of like, uh, I don't think we're the problem here. <laughs> I think that we have been pitted towards each other so that men can be like, ha ha, here we yeah. go. We're going to go like, yes. Now we're waking up to the fact that like, Hey, we're going to get so much farther if we work together on this yes. stuff. I read a book somewhere that was, I can't remember which one it was. Oh gosh, that's going to bug me. But where they were talking about the fact that, you know, you look at a lot of these boardroom tables and there's one or two spots for women. And that is another reason why we subconsciously recognize that there's only one or two spots at the boardroom table for us. And that's why we're competing. And I think you're right. I think we are starting to wake up and realize that the fact that there's only one or two spots is not our fault. We, yeah. we deserve more spots at the table. We actually deserve more, like more than 50% of the spots at the table sometimes, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that we yeah. are, that is starting to happen. 50% of the seats is the bare minimum of what like it should be. I agree. So. I agree. Div diversification is the way I think any company is going to make gains on any, on any issue. Representation matters. One of the reasons that I wanted to start my page was because I was like, we need to see more different bodies because yeah. the more you see of people who look like you and people who are different than you are like changes your perception of the world. Yes. And I was one of the key takeaways that I realize is that my Instagram feed is filled with, with, uh, with people of different shapes and sizes and different ethnicities, different experiences. And I see so many people struggling with the same thing that it makes me feel like it makes me feel more confident because I'm like, Oh, look, I think that person is so but they look like me like this per you know what I mean like it's just seeing all these different people instead of seeing the yeah. same type of person all the time really 
just shifts your focus. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you go into the real world and someone's very hateful towards a fat person. You're like, oh, wait, like, (laughs) you're like, oh, the such an inclusive, amazing place because Instagram's an echo chamber. So what I'm putting out, I'm getting back. And then you go into the real world and you're like, oh, wait, there's more work to be done. (laughs) There's nothing new under the sun. Everybody's written about everything that I'm like, sometimes I'm like, why, why, like, do I need to be doing this still? Am I adding anything new? And then I go into the real world and I'm like, oh, this work is not done. (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. (laughs) Well, and so with social media, how, how much time do you normally spend on social media? Are you a social media like, do you pick it up every hour like I do? Or do yeah. you? I try to justify it by saying, like, it's my job. It's part of my job. No. I'm on TikTok watching the hilarious videos. I'm on Instagram. And I, I love Instagram for, I like to see what other people are up to and getting, like, you know, like, fashion ideas and, like, yes. stuff that I read that I'm like, oh, I really needed to read that today. You know, yeah. I still get that when I go on Instagram and I love it. Well, and looking at your page, you have so much style. Like I always look at your page and I'm like, oh, I should go buy those things right now and just kind of get that <laughs> outfit because you have so much style. Do you, oh my God. Thank you, was, was that something that you cultivated or did you, do you always kind of have like a, an enjoyment of fashion? I never had an enjoyment of fashion no. ever. Oh, wow. No. Well, you wouldn't know that looking at your page. It's amazing so long I always just thought I would wear clothes that made me feel good but I never felt like I was like a fashionable person I never felt like that and I think it's because there were so few options I remember like some of my friends being like oh you never like to go shopping and I was like I was like I don't know I guess like shopping's not really my thing and then I realized it's because I can't shop anywhere like I like the stuff doesn't really fit me and back when like I was probably like a size 12 like and it's like I was always looking for the XL or and like like they barely ever had it and you know I still could shop in a lot of stores compared to comparatively to a lot of people but I never I think I felt uncomfortable with my body. Like it was, it was a bunch of issues. I felt uncomfortable with my body because I wasn't like thin. And, and when this is kind of when I was in university and I was guys never came up to me in bars and like would completely ignore me when talking to my friends. And I just like, so I felt uncomfortable with my body and I, there weren't that many options for me clothing wise and so I just kind of was like didn't care about fashion because it wasn't for me and now that there are more options for me like I can see an outfit on I love people who do videos that show what an outfit would look like on a plus size person Mm -hmm. follow Diana Dare's her videos are amazing and she'll show like a Pinterest look and then show it on her, like on her, she's a size 16, 18 and show like the style. And it just kind of makes me feel like it's more accessible. And yeah, I just love that. I love that there are so many more options and you can have more of like a style identity as a plus as before it was just like, whatever you could find in a store right they didn't have any options no no do you have any favorites 
Like any favorite places to shop? Okay, well, my favorite place shop is Pennington's in Canada because they're in Canada. Well, in Canada, you know, there's so few store, actual stores that carry yes. things. So I like the fact that I could go in there. Mm-hmm. I remember during COVID, during the last shutdown that we had, I was like in dire need of new bras because I've spent the entire pandemic wearing sports bras. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, I need some like real wire bras that like, you know, make me feel good. And I was like, but I want to go in store. Like I like that they measure you and that you can try yes. on stuff and then find the right thing that fits because even if you know your size things don't always fit right so it's so nice to be able to try things on I love Old Navy now I'm so psyched that they have all the sizes in store my favorite place to shop online is Ula Popkin they have such good quality stuff and such a variety like ever some people of all ages can shop there and they have stuff that's like you know that I don't think that fashion should have an age but they have stuff that's like every different style right so I just I love that and I love that things are becoming more accessible and that there's more out there so yes my places that I like to go to the (laughs) most I, that was one thing for me when I found, so I'm living now in a small town and the only store that we actually have physically here is Pennington's. Uh, but when I was in Calgary is when I found Torrid and there was two Torrid shops in Calgary. So I would go back and forth and it was like, I like twice a year, I would go to Torrid and drop three or 400 bucks just to buy the things that I needed. And it was so nice, like you say, to be able to walk in, look at something, feel it, touch it, bring it into the change room, try it on and know whether or not, cause I'm kind of a up top. I'm a, I'm between a one and a two and it, uh, and my boobs are the issue. Like my boobs are the deciding factor. If it's a button up or something. Yeah. Like it's like, <laughs> you know, so I'm totally on board with that. <laughs> have abandoned the idea of ever finding a dress shirt that I like because no matter what the size because if it's the right size for me in the chest it always gaps like unless they have that sometimes they have that extra button in the middle and that like in between the two buttons the key but I enjoy that but it's yeah it's really hard and like everyone's proportions are different too so it seems so simple and it's something that a lot of straight size people don't realize when I'm like you know, when I need a shirt for something, I can't just walk into a store. I have to go like I can, there's one store, one or two stores maybe that I can go to. And if I can't find it there, I have to go online and then I have to wait for it to arrive. And then if it doesn't fit, then I have to send it back and wait for the money to be put back on my credit card. It's just a huge long ordeal and it's not accessible to people. And I live in So like, there's a lot more options here than there are in other places. I know when I was thin, I went through periods of extreme thinness and it it was like the hardest choice when you would go to a store was to pick what looked actually good because everything fit. And now when I go to a store, even the plus size stores, it's still like, okay, well, if it fits, I'm probably going to buy it because it fits. 
Yeah. (laughs) Like the, the, the situation is definitely different and we, we don't, and this is why I say looking at your feed, uh, it doesn't just look like you're just wearing things that fit. You're finding things that look really good on you. So was there, like, did you come across anybody who was like saying, okay, well for your shape, you're supposed to wear this or that kind of thing that you use as guidelines as you go through to buy things? No, I just know what things make me feel good. I know what shapes and clothing make me feel good. And I kind of see what other people are wearing and base, like, I'll be like, oh, I love that on her. And so like, I'll try that out. You know, things that I never thought, like, you know, a trend never thought I would get on is the slip dresses. I always thought like, you know, something that in my life before I always felt self-conscious was my stomach and I was like oh a slip dress like that's gonna hit me all wrong in all the wrong places and I just have seen so many more plus size people wearing them and so I got my first one and I'm obsessed with it I can't wait to wear it like I'm just so I was like I was like I have to get on this I love how it looks on all these women it looks so good on so many different body types And so I'm just like embracing a lot more, uh, a lot of different styles that I wasn't before because, because I fill my feed with other plus size women and I see how they're rocking these styles and I'm like, oh, I'm going to try this. And I just, I've been really trying lately to get outside of my box because I used to be like a black, navy blue and gray person just because I was like this is what this is my comfort level Mm -hmm. and then I've just started to like get more and more comfortable the thing the key to it this is the true secret to feeling confident in clothes that you don't like that you don't traditionally feel like you could wear yes is practice you just have to keep trying it so if you get if you really want to try it, you like love the look of crop tops. This is something that I used to feel so uncomfortable with was crop tops is you wear it around your house and you wear it like just in the house and no, so no one can see you. And so until you feel comfortable and then you wear it outside one day and for like an hour and then for, you know what I mean? Like you got to yeah. build up to it. You can't just be like, bam, here's a, like, if you're not comfortable. <laughs> yes. You know? crop tops I love cropped tops like I love them I love the way they look on me because like for me with my like how big my boobs are I feel like tops that are longer just kind of like hang down so I love a cropped like sure it looks really cute yeah Yeah. Um, so you know like it really takes like practice and then getting out there and then people will be like oh that looks great on you and then you see, because you do yeah. look good in all the trends. Yeah. Like everybody can look good in every trend. You know, it's just about your comfort level. So once you get comfortable with yourself and how yeah. you feel in your home, then you can yeah. go into the outside world and do it. You know, it's really scary when you don't feel comfortable in things. And I don't think that you should wear things that you don't feel comfortable with. But if there's something you want to try, that's yes. the best for sure. I got so much out of that because I am so, what's the right word, challenged when it comes to fashion. 
And I mean, that's one of the things about COVID, right, is that I've been working from home. So it's completely unnecessary for me to have to buy anything more than jogging pants and t-shirts. And I'm actually making quite a life change in the next few weeks to a month. And I will be having to be presentable to the world again. And that has gotten me, well, that has gotten me taking a look at all of the websites that I can for plus size fashion to try to find something that I think I'm going to be comfortable wearing. So just hearing some of the things that Carissa says about fat fashion uh, has given me a bit more confidence to maybe try some different colors and some different cuts. So I'm excited to do that. This next clip uh, is with Nadine Russell. So she has been a guest on the podcast, one of my most listened to episodes uh, around the book, The Body Keeps the Score, which was a super tough book. Uh, when Nadine and I connected, she said that she wanted to read that book. And I really hadn't heard that much about it, except that people had been saying, just people had been mentioning that it's a really good book is basically what I'd been hearing. And then it all had to do around trauma and uh, it can be really fitting with discussions around diet culture and how diet culture has kind of traumatized us, especially if you're in, uh, you know, the furthest levels of stigmatization uh, in terms of your body size. It can be very traumatizing. And so we started reading this book and oy, wow, it was a, it was a tough read. It was a really tough read. And, and I feel like it's one of those books that, uh, if you are very, um, science minded, this probably would be a book for you. But if you're not, then a lot of this went right over my head. And so he does get into some things and, and her and I talked about in that episode, he does get into some different ways to help with trauma. And I think that those were what really helped me in terms of that book. But I got an opportunity to chat with Nadine, which was really the whole kind of point of that conversation. And, and I totally fell in love with her. She gives herself the title of women's empowerment mentor. And I love that, uh, for a lot of different reasons, uh, because I think we need that. I mean, even that first discussion that Carissa and I had around this idea that women really feel like we need to be competitive with one another because we don't think there's that many seats at the table for us means that we need people like Nadine to lift one another up and help one another to step into our own power. And I think that that's really incredible, incredible work. What I wanted to talk to her about was around goal setting. So when I finished with dieting, when I finally stepped away and said, dieting is just ruining my life, I began to realize that what had happened to me over the years is that I would make all these goals and I would make very little progress with most of them. But weight loss was kind of the number one goal every time that I set a goal. And I would put the most effort into it and I would give it the most time and it would be most of my uh, brain power would be going towards the things I was eating and the things that I was uh, exercising and the, and the, you know, like all of the different things that go along with the dieting and quote unquote health. And so when I finally stepped away from that, 
I felt a little lost about what to do with my life. And, and I mean, I know there is discussion in, in body liberation spaces about grieving the thin ideal. So you definitely have to go through that process. But you also have to kind of reconnect with yourself in some ways. So there was probably things that you were doing before you dieted that you probably lost sight of through the course of dieting. And for me, goal setting was one of those things. I was really big on goal setting and I was really big on trying to accomplish things. And when I left the world of dieting and tried to come back into my own, I struggled so much to try to figure out how to set a goal and how to make it happen. So I, I brought Nadine into the program to be able to discuss goal setting. And we kind of, you know, this is a different way to set goals. Um, this is not, and her and I do talk in the full episode about things like setting smart goals. And we do talk about, uh, you know, these, these, these types of systems, but what she talks about here is a different way to set goals that I think is super powerful. So we touch on journaling and how journaling, there's many different ways to journal and the practicalities around it. We talk about meditation, which is uh, an amazing practice. And within the course, there are some meditations that you can follow. We talk about the, the, the ways to accomplish a goal on a kind of a more of a practical level. And we talk about dieting as a goal and why it's not, why it's a substandard goal. Uh, especially when we look at it in terms of connecting with yourself through journaling, through meditation in order to figure out what it is that you want. So I think that you're going to find this, this really, uh, powerful conversation. And, uh, I have put all of Nadine's links. I've also put all of Chris's links into the show notes below. So make sure you go and check her out on Instagram. You go check out her website and uh, let me know your thoughts around both of these clips and how, how you felt listening to them. Journaling is definitely one of my favorites too. Uh, can we talk a little bit about why that's so scary for people and how they could get like, cause lots of people they they think of journaling and they think they're just supposed to write dear diary and kind of start with something like that, but there's other ways to start. Can we talk a little bit about kind of the nitty gritty of journaling? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I think that because we have that connotation of, oh, dear diary, because it's something we used to do in school, (laughs) you know, back in the day in elementary school, that we just feel like that's the norm of doing it. But it's really a lot more expansive than that. There's so many different ways to journal. Um, One of my favorite ways is scripting. And what I love about scripting is like, you are writing your future. You are the author of your life. We, we hear that being said so many times, but it's such a fact. You are literally the author of your life. So what I like to do, I like to start with meditation and then I get into like a really good feel good state. And then I start asking like, what do I want? And I start scripting it out. So there's so many other different types of journaling out there. Automatic, automatic writing mm-hmm. is another one that's really great. And what I like about automatic writing is that it's literally you going inward, making that internal questioning to yourself and then having that conversation with your higher self. So you literally ask a question, then you just put your pen to the paper and you start writing. And it's so amazing sometimes after you're done that, 
if you take a break and then you come back to read what you've written, you would be mind blown to understand how deeply you're connected to like such immense knowledge. And I think that's the thing that people don't realize. They're always looking outside for the answers, but we have so much answers within ourselves. Now, if we took more time to sit and listen to ourselves, and that's why I love meditation as a practice, we are connected to such great universal knowledge, mm -hmm. but we just don't give ourselves that credit. Yes. Uh, so you've just given us two really practical ideas for journaling. So sitting down and scripting out what kind of you want your life to look like, and then yeah. automatic writing, asking yourself a question and then just letting your pen go and don't let it stop. And now meditation. So how would somebody get started on a path to meditation? How could they, meditation is one of my favorite practices too. I have a uh, 15 minute a day, non-negotiable meditation practice. It's really important to me. So how would you suggest people who've never meditated before get started on something like that? I have been trying to meditate for years <laughs> and it's always been a crash and burn situation yes. when I try to do it on my own. So, I mean, most people would usually suggest, oh, just sit down for five minutes, do some deep breathing. But if you're not used to doing that, it can be difficult to quiet your mind. So what I recommend is guided meditations, short, sweet, and simple. And I love Insight Timer. I talk about them all the time. It's not sponsored, but I love them so much. I, I wish they would sponsor me, but I, I am a teacher on their platform, um, which is great. There's so many amazing teachers and there's over, I think, like 80,000 meditations. And you can go on there and literally find a meditation for any situation. There's so many different teachers all across the globe and start with five minutes. Just go find a five minute meditation and then just follow the instruction. And as you get comfortable doing that for a daily practice, then you can increase it and go longer and longer. So I started with guided meditations. I very rarely do guided meditations mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. I usually just turn on the music and I just, I'm in my zone. I don't really like meditating in silence just because of where I live. It's a little noisy sometimes mm -hmm. and then I can get distracted. So I like having some sort of music when I meditate, but I really, really love the Insight Timer app. It's great because it also tracks how many days you've been meditating. It has like a little reward system and there's other people. It's kind of like a social network in the sense. So when you meditate with people, it'll show you people around you that's meditated. You can invite your friends. So that way you can do it together. There's lots yeah. of really great features that they have on the app, which I think is really great. And as well, it's free. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, I will make sure to include some links somewhere. Uh, if anybody is listening and wants a direct link to that, I'm going to put that. I think I can in the show notes on the course. So if you see it, you'll know what that's for. So this actually brings me to really such a great topic. And, and the one that I was really excited to talk to you about, which is goal setting. And, it, and it brings me to that because I always get so frustrated with coaches that when they're giving examples of great goals that people can set, they always bring up weight loss and weight loss, in my opinion, is the lazy coach's way to talk about goal setting, because it's already got an in like a, a completely ingrained within our culture way to 
accomplish it because you've got, you know, the, the crap BMI to tell you what your goal should be. Mm-hmm. You've got yeah. the two pounds a week off the scale, which again, cultural it's stating that's what you should, even though that number comes from nowhere in science and it's telling you which habits you're supposed to pick up in order to be able to create all of these things. So I think it's just, in my opinion, it's the, the, the lazy coach's way to talk about goal setting. But one of the other examples I like to talk about, one of the things I like to say is that, okay, well, tell me how to do something that doesn't have that sort of ingrained way to goal set, like meditation, starting a meditation practice. This seems so kind of you know, it doesn't have that ingrained space. So I, I'm glad that you kind of, you kind of inching your way towards that. So can you talk a little bit about goal setting and how people can, can start to set goals, especially when they're trying to move away from dieting and weight loss as a way to, um, you know, set a goal? Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually going to touch on a couple of things there. So first thing I want to touch on, and I'm going to use meditation as an example, when you do want to start a goal, it's very good if you attach it to something that you're already doing. So for me, what kept me consistent with my meditation practice is I do it as soon as I wake up. I do nothing else. That's what keeps me consistent. I don't wake up and check my emails. I don't wake up. I I literally, like the only thing that's going to stop me is if I go to the washroom. (laughs) But other than that, (laughs) I wake up and I, I do my meditation first thing, right? And when you connect it to something that you already do, it's easier to maintain that practice. And it's a form of self-care by saying, this is my sacred time and holding the goals that you set for yourself as sacred. If you're setting a goal for yourself, there's a reason why you're setting it. People don't just set goals for fun. It's the end results that you want that is why you're setting the goal to begin with. So if you start looking at your goal as something sacred and looking at it in a sense of this is something I'm doing for myself, then it changes the dynamic of the goal. You're no longer looking at it as something additional. Oh, this is something else I have to add to the list of things that I know. Right. If you approach it with a different type of energy of this Mm -hmm. is important to me and you schedule it in, you make time for it, then your elevating that goal in a sense of like, this is, this is sacred. Like this is something that I need to do now when it comes to the whole weight loss thing, totally get it. I mean, I don't like that goal either. That was a goal that I used to set for myself. Like, Oh, I need to lose five pounds this week. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? So I totally get it. And, um, it's not helpful. It's not constructive. And it also depends on your body type for me. I know that I have a body type where I gain muscle quicker than I lose fat. Like it's always been that way. So even if I'm like going to the gym every single day and like try to be healthy and stuff, I'll jump on a scale and it'll say that I gained 10 pounds. Well, I've been drinking more water, so I'm retaining more water Mm -hmm. and I'm building muscle mass. Mm -hmm. So that way of setting a goal is not going to help you, especially if you are trying to, become more comfortable with what you see when you look in the mirror. So my biggest thing for that is to set goals, not around how you look, but around how you feel, which definitely ties back to that whole scripting process I spoke to earlier. Like, how do you actually want to feel? 
Because if you spend more time thinking about how you want to feel, you're going to start noticing what are the things that you're doing that aren't making you feel that way, right? So let's say, for example, you want to feel energized and every day you want to feel energized, but let's say that you drink, well, pick on coffee, for example, <laughs> like you drink coffee, like first thing in the morning and you find out like six hours later that you're groggy and you're feeling frustrated and all these things. You're like, okay, so if I want to feel good and I notice that this is what coffee does to me and I'm having to load it with like two cups of sugar and 40 ounces of milk in order to enjoy it. Maybe this is not the best thing for me. Maybe I'll switch to green tea. And in just making that simple shift, you're automatically feeling better, not even realizing that not only is that making you feel better, it's giving you more energy. And because you have more energy, you're like, oh, I want to do a workout today or I want to, you know, so you're not thinking about the scale. You're not thinking about how you look. Well, that is the two clips that I wanted to share with you. Obviously, if these get you excited, and for me, they really did because, and maybe it's because most of the time on this show, we are talking about a book and it's easy to get into some of the issues around the book and, and talk about some of the practicalities, but these two conversations had a lot more practical information in them. And if you want even more, if you want to hear more, uh, you know, Krista and I really get into fat dating in the entire episode. And Nadine and I really get into kind of next steps when it comes to goal setting and how you can kind of link all of this stuff together. If you want to hear those, then make sure that you check out the link below for my Patreon page and get into the tier with the extra episodes because you will hear those entire episodes on there. They're already on there. So you can go ahead and take a listen to the entire thing. Uh, if you're interested in how to stop hating what you see in the mirror, if you are finally ready to let dieting go, if you have been dabbling in body positivity for a little while, if you want to take everything to the next level and give yourself a toolkit of information that you can use as you go about your day-to-day -day life to make sure that you are beginning to accept the person that you're seeing in the mirror check out how to stop hating what you see in the mirror. There's a link in the show notes for you to see all the information that I have, a little video that I have, uh, the course outline, all the payment information, it's all on there. And if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to connect with me on social media, Fat Girl Book Club Pod, and ask it to me in a private message. Thank you so much for listening. Keep reading, everybody.